Who wants to be a superhero? Carl Davis once did. However, despite being gifted with machine manipulation powers called technokinesis, Carl never realized his dream to become a hero. Instead, Carl dedicated himself to helping heroes by working as an engineering technician at the Capes Corps. Over the years, Carl eventually became the head technician and was happy with his life. Then one day, everything changed. When Carl's new lab technician, Erica Belfry, arrived to work late after an ill-fated attempt at heroics, this led to the violent heroine sleep tracking her back to the bay, where she attacked the unarmed Erica directly in front of Carl. Carl used his powers to stop Sleep from killing Erica, but before Sleep could retaliate, Carl and his fellow technicians froze. That is when the board, a mysterious organization who controls the public actions of all heroes and villains, unbeknownst to the general public, including Carl, swept in and whisked Erica and Sleep away. While writing the damage that was done, the board telepathically modified Carl and the other witnesses' memories, erasing their interference and Erica from everyone's minds. The board would have slipped away unaccounted for if it wasn't for a secret video surveillance camera that only Carl knew about. After stumbling upon this secret footage, Carl embarked on a mission to discover the truth to this mystery that centers around this enigmatic Erica Belfry, also known as the villain, Princess Crash. And now, I present you with our current episode. Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels. Interlude 4, Engine Trouble. Okay, remember your story. You're just there for a standard tune-up. Strike up a conversation, get them talking, and don't be weird. Carl Davis stared hard at the rearview mirror. Don't be weird. Unconvinced, he sighed heavily. Carl readjusted his mirror as the light changed and stared at his destination a few blocks down the road. Belfry's garage. Carl exhaled as he pulled into the driveway lined with cars waiting their turn to be serviced. He parked his SUV in an open space and glanced at himself in the mirror. Remember Carl, don't be weird. He stepped out of his vehicle, cinching up his pants beneath the shirt that read, I paused my game for this. The office door chimed as he entered. A balding middle-aged man stood behind a counter, talking on his cell phone. He said, I'll be right with you in a moment, sir. Carl shrugged. Time is relative, but I will not perish from entropic decay. The man raised an eyebrow. I'm sorry, what? Carl grimaced before he schooled his expression. I mean, I could wait. I'm not in a hurry or anything. The man, who Carl already knew from his prior research, was Harold Belfry. He was the owner-operator of Belfry's garage. But more importantly, he was the father of this mysterious Erica Belfry. The girl who appeared in Carl's forgotten journal entry and in the secret video camera footage on another day he didn't quite remember right. After that forgotten time, the new villain Princess Crash, who bore an uncanny lightness to Erica, appeared on the news. The information on Erica was remarkably scarce. In the age of social media, and considering Princess Crash's apparent skill at technology and her references, it didn't make sense. Carl's research had uncovered mentions of a blog called Confessions of a Sidekick, which apparently once existed. In this blog, the girl that once looked like Princess Crash, or more accurately, Erica Belfry, had ran it. But now it was gone, and any overt mentions of it are quickly taken down. Or erased might be a better term. 
Carl thought about the footage he found on his secret video camera. How the team of obviously superpowered people worked to clean up all the evidence of their presence. While Carl and his team of technicians stood in frozen obliviousness. Despite his misgivings, and even though Carl had difficulty finding Erica's online presence, he easily found her family's social media. Her father, Harold, a prolific poster, usually shared memes about his favorite sports teams and mechanic-related jokes. However, he also had tons of pictures and videos of his family. It was there that Carl had seen his first up-close pictures of the girl he had once only seen from afar on his secret video footage. After months of secret surveillance, Carl had decided to take his watch to the next level. Hence how he found himself at Harold Belfry's garage for the first time. Harold gave him a quizzical look, but then he frowned as his eyes shifted to what the person on the other end of the phone was saying. What do you mean you think she's up to something? Isn't she always? He looked at Carl for a moment before continuing. Since all this nonsense began? How is today any different? He paused, listening. What do you mean they left? What time? Before nine? That girl doesn't go to bed until nine some mornings. Harold frowned as he nervously fidgeted with a pen on his desk. No, she didn't say anything to me. Not even when we... Another glance at Carl. Hang out. We just talk about, I don't know, mechanic stuff. I mean, despite everything, she does have a nice setup in there. A shouting voice erupted from the other end of the phone. Harold grimaced as he took on a placating tone. No, no, I don't think anything she gets right now is worth the price she's paying. Harold sighed. I know. I'm worried too. Harold shook his head. I don't know. If she is, I hope it goes better than last time. He nodded to himself. I'm sure it will. How do I know? Harold shrugged. Our girl's a tough nut to crack. And I'm sure her, you know, will do right by her. You're going to talk to her when she gets back? Harold's frown deepened. Are you sure that's a good idea? He nodded. I wish I could be there too. I'll be up first thing after I close up shop on Friday. I miss you too. Harold sighed again. Listen, I need to go. He looked at Carl again, who tried to look uninterested in the conversation that had him on the edge of a seat. But call me after she gets back. I want to know how it turns out immediately. I love you. With that, Harold hung up and pocketed his phone. He leaned both hands on his desk and slowly exhaled as the weight of the world's worries pressed down on his troubled shoulders. After a moment, he realized where he was and his head popped up as he looked at Carl, surprised. Sorry to keep you waiting. He patted his phone. I need to talk to my wife about some things. Carl nodded not seeing the point in pretending he didn't hear anything. It sounded like it. I could wait if you need to handle something. He tried to keep the eagerness out of his voice. Harold had been talking to his wife about their daughter. They knew who she was and were incredibly worried for her. Carl had never considered how this Erica's life as a supervillain might affect the people who loved her. Harold waved his hand. You're too kind, but that whole mess isn't going to resolve itself right this minute. Besides... Things still need to get done, and bills still got to be paid. So it's best to focus our energy on what we can make a difference. Harold rubbed his hands together. So, how can I help you, Mr. Uh... Davis, Carl supplied, offering his hand. 
Harold shook it with the calculated restraint of a man with a powerful grip. What can I help you with, Mr. Davis? Carl's eyes bulged. Crap, he thought frantically. What was I going to say again? Harold frowned. Mr. Davis, something wrong? Crap, I'm being weird. Come on, Carl, say something, anything. Um, I need you to look at my... He glanced back at his vehicle. SUV, yeah, that's it. Uh, sure thing, said Harold. What's wrong with it? Wrong with it? Carl's brain seized. Harold arched an eyebrow. Yeah, um, why did you bring it here? Are you having engine trouble? Carl's eyebrows shot up. Oh, yeah. My engine's acting up. That's why I'm here. Okay. Well, I saw you drive it here. So I know it's running. That's a plus. What's it doing? Oh, it's kind of making an odd thumping noise here and there. Carl invented on the spot. Harold nodded as he scribbled a note. That's not good. Do you know when the thumping starts or ends? Carl shook his head. No idea. Harold shrugged. Don't worry about it. We'll take a gander at it and see what's going on. You will? Harold beamed at him. Well, sure. As luck would have it, I just happened to have an opening this morning. We'll fix your SUV up in no time. Oh, uh, that's great. Harold cleared his throat and held out his hand expectantly. <clears throat> your uh, keys, Mr. Davis. Oh, uh, sure. Carl's mind reeled as he handed over his keys to his SUV. Why did I invent a mysterious thumping noise? My SUV runs like a dream. They're going to see any moment that nothing is wrong with it. He's going to know something's wrong if he... Carl stared at his SUV for a long moment. With a pang of regret, he thought, they need to find something wrong. Mr. Davis, if you want to leave your phone number, we'll call you once we find the source of your troubles. Harold begrudgingly added, of course, if you want to wait, you're more than welcome to hang out in our lobby. We have complimentary coffee available. Carl asked, Is it caffeinated? Harold barked out a laugh. Is there any other kind? Harold led Carl to a small yet comfortable lobby with a coffee machine and TV playing the hero report in the corner. We have cream and sugar if you want, he chuckled. <laughs> you should see how my daughter takes it. She puts enough sugar in it to attract honeybees from three states over. At the mention of his daughter, Carl looked at Harold sharply. He self-consciously softened his gaze and said, That's a lot of sugar. Yeah, Harold said half-heartedly. He failed to notice Carl's intense reaction. His eyes took a faraway cast as his expression turned sad. He shook his head. Anyways, help yourself. With that, he turned and headed for his auto shop. Carl watched him through the window as he handed his keys to one of the mechanics. The auto shop itself was well-ordered with pristine top-of-the-line equipment. Carl, who was the head of one of the most prominent engineering shops in the nation, marveled at the tools the small garage had on hand, some of which he didn't have in his multi-million dollar shop. Carl wondered, how does a family mechanic shop have all of this? Just then, Harold said something to one of his mechanics and pointed back at Carl. Carl hurriedly fixed himself a cup of coffee with cream and three sugars. He might not put enough sugar in it to attract honeybees, but he wasn't a barbarian. Besides, he was about to need a heavy influx of caffeine for what he was about to do. He watched the mechanic drive his fully functional SUV into the garage. From there, 
He popped the hood, and he and Harold bent over the engine. Carl sighed and finished off his cup. Unfortunately, to enact his plan, he would also have to get a little closer. He entered the garage and reached out with his other senses as he approached. The world of electricity and machines hummed to him on the unique frequency that only he could feel. As he approached, Carl heard Harold mutter as he stared intently at the engine. The guy is weird as they come, but this engine is a beauty. I wonder what... Harold noticed Carl's approach and his expression darkened. Mrs. Davis, you cannot be in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know... Carl's voice cracked as he lied. He most certainly knew it was against the rules to have non-personnel on the shop floor. He heavily enforced it in his own technician's bay. I was just uh, curious to see if you saw a problem yet. The thumping usually takes a moment to start. With his mechanical sense, he reached out with his technokinesis and seized the thrumming source of his engine. It just needed a little twinge with his power and... Ting! The three of them looked around as the SUV's engine surged. Feeling a reaction before seeing it, Carl winced as a rush of energy left him and he sensed the machine's sudden distress. He broke the engine a little too hard. Uh-oh. Harold looked back at Carl dubiously. Uh-oh? Harold, look! The mechanic pointed. The SUV thrummed and jerked as smoke puffed out of it. Harold stared at it. You never said anything about smoke? Carl stammered. It's never happened before. Harold shouted. Turn it off! The mechanic started forward, but Harold hauled him back, shouting, Wait! Fire erupted from the engine block. Harold hauled back his employee with one hand and grabbed a fistful of Carl's shirt in the other before shoving him back. Harold roared, Get out of here! The mechanics around the shop bolted for the exits. Carl stood frozen as he watched Harold turn and race past the column of flames that were starting to lick the metal ceiling above. What are you doing? Carl screamed. Get out of here! Harold repeated. I'm getting a fire extinguisher, Carl gaped. A fire extinguisher? Are you crazy? It's going to... At that moment, Carl realized his sudden proximity to the danger. Blow! Harold ripped the fire extinguisher off its place on the wall. An alarm blared overhead as the shop was suddenly bathed in a secondary flashing red light. What is that? Carl screamed. Harold froze as he looked around, stunned. Did she... A pulse of energy burst up from under Carl's SUV before surrounding it in a glowing sphere. Carl stared. What is that? Harold said without thinking. A force field. A force field? Carl repeated. From where? A plume of white mist sprayed up into the interior of the force field, enveloping the SUV instantly. Within moments, the SUV was completely obscured in the sphere, as the flames were snuffed out. Harold stared at the field, his eyes glistening. When she said she installed countermeasures in my garage. I never knew she meant that. Carl looked at him. Who installed that? My daughter, Erica. She's quite the engineer. Carl nodded. If she made that, she is truly exceptional. What is she doing now? Harold started to answer. She's... He paused as he looked at Carl under a new light. That's not your concern, Mr. Davis. We're lucky that whatever happened with your SUV didn't hurt anyone, right? Carl stammered. I I didn't mean to pry, I just... Harold waved the remark away. It's okay. We're all pretty freaked out after that. 
He gestured to the SUV as he placed another hand on Carl's shoulder and squeezed. Once again, Carl felt the restrained strength in the other man's grip. Mr. Davis, I don't mind saying that you are one lucky so-and-so. Imagine if you were on the road only a few more minutes. You would be... He paused as he shook his head. Well, it's best not to think about that. I'm just glad if that had to happen, it happened here. And my daughter's... Well, I'm just glad you're safe. Carl nodded. No kidding. His insides were churning. Oh my god. I almost destroyed this entire place. This man's livelihood. Our lives. If it weren't for this mysterious Erica Belfry's countermeasures. A freaking force field. We would have been in the middle of a disaster. The force field winked off. And the white mist fanned out as it dissipated. They both stared at the burnt front end of the SUV. Carl's regret compounded as he realized his mistake. He always used his power to repair machines or make them act according to their design. He never used his technokinesis to break a machine before. Oh man, I love that thing, he said sincerely. Noting his reaction, Harold patted his shoulder reassuringly. It's going to be okay, Mr. Davis. It was a fine vehicle, but it can be replaced. Lives cannot. Carl nodded. The door to the garage banged open as several of Harold's mechanics rushed in carrying fire extinguishers. The lead one, whose name tag on his coveralls read Ben, exclaimed, Harold! Man, are you okay? I'm fine, I'm fine. We, uh... Harold shifted as he looked at Carl. We're able to get the fire out before we lost control. Carl's eyes bulged. He doesn't want anyone to know about Erica. He's trying to cover up for her. Ben said, Man, we thought you were right behind us. I'm sorry, Harold. I wouldn't have left you like that if... Harold waved his apologies down. Don't think about it. I told you to skedaddle, and you did. It's not your fault that my fool behind stuck around to handle this. He exhaled slowly. If not for circumstances being what they were, it could have gone very bad. Still, man... Ben persisted. If I... No more of that! Harold cut him off. Help me clean up, then everyone here can take a long lunch. If you need to take the day off, let me know. The mechanics fanned out and started to clean the garage. Harold turned back to Carl. Well, like it or not, if you want to keep your SUV, you'll need a new engine. If you want to scrap it, I can have it towed to a junkyard, or buy it from you for scrap. We can also rebuild the engine, but that will take some time, and honestly, won't be cheap. I recommend the first two options, but we'll work with you regardless. Carl's mouth worked. I, I don't know. I, um, let me, um, think about it. That's okay, Harold said gently. You can take a few days to think about it. Your vehicle will be safe here. I could call you a ride home if you like. That won't be necessary. I'll get a taxi or something. Harold said, Okay. I'll just... Just... What's this? Harold paused as something on the TV in the lobby caught his attention. He started walking forward robotically. Crawl followed in his wake. Harold pushed the door open, and the anchor's voice from the hero report filled the lobby. 
It has been confirmed that the fight between the criminal duo Princess Crash and Weatherman and the hero Sprinter has gone horribly wrong. No, Harold breathed. In an effort to stop villains, Sprinter was critically injured and rushed to DeFalco Memorial Hospital, where he's currently undergoing surgery and his condition is considered critical. What have they done? whispered Harold. The report continued. Princess Crash and Weatherman fled the scene after the incident and are still at large. Harold spun on his heel and nearly slammed into Carl. Cross, are you okay? Harold snapped. Excuse me. I'm sorry, but I have to call you back later, Mr. Davis. He shouted. Ben! The mechanic looked around at Harold. What's up? Harold was panting. Listen, do me a favor and close up the shop for me. I have to go. There's something that's come up that I need to handle. Ben tilted his head. Sure, Harold. I could do that. Is everything okay? Harold shook his head and wordlessly turned for the door. Carl stood dumbfounded as he watched him go. In moments, Harold was in his truck, peeling out of the parking lot of his garage. As the dust in the driveway settled in his wake, Carl glanced up at the footage on the news. It showed a wanted poster of Princess Crash. Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heels after these messages. On the next episode of Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes Heist and Heels, with no place left to go, Erica and Jefferson return to their headquarters in the wake of their recent devastating venture. As they both fret over Sprinter's fate, Jefferson also processes his unexpected disastrous reunion with his estranged daughter and her close encounter with death. To top it off, Mary Belfry has finally decided to confront her daughter about her illicit activities. Tune in next to Theodore Peels, Volume 2, Chapter 32, Cracks in the Soul. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater Peels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chancy. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash Christopher Chancy. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.